Is he worthy? Why? Why does he seem worthy to you this morning? Because he's saving. Say again. Fills our cup. He saved me. I think of him as worthy, not because of anything he has done for me. He's worthy because of who he is. He's worthy of being, because he is the son of God. And I'm not exactly. But he died in obedience. He's worthy because he was without sin and is without sin. He's worthy because he walked in complete obedience. He was spotless. He was the perfect lamb. And we can live a life of that too. We'll never have perfection outside of Christ. But we can be spotless because of Christ. If there's condemnation in our heart and if there's condemnation in our life, it's not because he's not willing to take it away. It's because we're unwilling to surrender and also live in obedience. I was reading that passage this morning where Jesus, um, the centurion, asked that his servant would be healed. And Jesus went and he stopped Jesus before he even got to his house. He sent someone else and said, no, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But I understand what it means to be in authority. I understand what it is to have authority, to tell someone to go and they go. Because I want to tell someone to come and they come. All I want you to do is just say the word. Jesus marveled at that because of the faith that that man had. Even Mary and Martha were like, Jesus, if you had come earlier, he would not have died. They did not look at it in the same faith that that centurion had. Just say the word and he's healed. That is the faith, that is the desire that Jesus wants in us, is that we look to him and say, we understand the authority that you have because of the Father. It's not, it's not because we have authority. It's because we have authority in Christ, the same as he has authority in the Father. And if we understand the, the beauty of who Christ is and then what he wants with us, I think it becomes more marvelous in our lives as we surrender ourselves to him. Trouble anywhere 
never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every
Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord, and Lord, we know that you are the greatest healer, and Lord, that you are the only one who can speak the word, and she would be healed, Lord, and I pray that you would do that this morning, and Lord, that um, as they go to Tennessee, that you would give them traveling mercies and safety, and Lord, that they would be encouraged with each other as they um, proclaim the name of Jesus, and Lord, as we, we look to you for all our for all our life and all the things in life. And we look to you even with this. And Lord, we pray that you would heal mom and that she would feel better. And Lord, that she would be able to continue on in this life to glorify you and to be a witness and a testimony for you in all things. But Lord, we trust you and we know that your will is best and your plan is the best, even if we don't understand it. But Lord, we just look to you and we ask that... Um, if in, in the name of Jesus we ask, if it not against your will, that you would heal her and that you would use these doctors to help her to feel better. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What's his name again? Pastor Marty Gale. As I can't, I'm having a hard time hearing. Pastor Marty Gale. Pastor Marty Gale. Okay, sorry, I was having a hard time hearing from back there. Phil, would you lead us in prayer for him? Father, I also pray for um, our seniors across the street um, at Whole Center, Father. God, I know that you have placed our church here um, for a purpose and for a reason. And God, I know that there are so many there who do not know you. And Jesus, I pray that you would draw them to yourself. Um, God, that you would help us to be a light and a testimony here in Greeley, Colorado for your glory. Um, not for ourselves, but Father, I pray that um, you would just open the eyes of the blind and God, that they would come to know you and see you and be set free from their sins and realize that they, um, that you have a life that they can't even imagine, Father, um, the freedom that you give and the peace that you give. And I pray a special anointing on Phil and Katie and their boys and mom and dad as they live right next to them, God, and that they, as they speak into their lives, um, sometimes every day, that you, through your Holy Spirit, Father, would just speak words of life through them. And God, that they would um, truly be missionaries here and sharing the gospel, each one of us, Father, wherever we go, 
I pray you would give us boldness and um, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel, but that we would speak it, um, that no one could keep us quiet, Father, because we know what you have done in our lives, and we are just so thankful. And we want to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory that is due your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to stand and sing these last two songs with us? Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you believe all the victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the
my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb, the entrance Amen. Uh-huh.
favorite story? Interesting. What's your favorite Bible story? Moses. Why Moses? two walls of water and then there was a path in the middle and they went to the other side to Okay, that's a good story. Did Moses make the pathway? No. Who did? God did. That's right. So what did Moses do? So how did what was Moses' part in making the pathway? Trusting in God. You know how he did, I mean, what did he do to make, I mean, what did he, what did God tell him to do? Stretch out his hand. See, that rod was pretty amazing. And what was it? It was a stick of wood. You remember all the things that that rod was? You remember what it was? It was a snake. All right. And then it, and then, uh. So he stretched his hand over and the water parted. He disobeyed God and he struck a rock in anger. And the rock still brought forth water. But what did God tell him to do to it? What was he supposed to do to the rock to speak to it? Mm -hmm. A little bit easier to hit things than it is to talk to them, ain't it? As your siblings probably all know. You've never struck your siblings, right? You've never hit them. No, I didn't think so. This is a good group of kids. Oh, I see. Already pointing fingers. All right. Um, who is a man in the Old Testament that trusted God completely? Um, nope, further along. He trusted God. Go ahead. David, nope, further yet. They were sent into exile. They were sent to Babylon. He was a wise man. He spent a night with the lions. <laughs> That's a dead giveaway, wasn't it? You did? I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Okay. Why was Daniel so wise? He prayed three times a day. I th out of the mouth of babes. Um, that's probably a good. That's probably good. Trusted God. Where did his wisdom come from? God. He was very clear on that. So how did Nebuchadnezzar, the king, find out he was wise? Do you remember? Say what? Nope. So who were Daniel's three friends? He was very good at his job. How? What did he do for Nebuchadnezzar that Nebuchadnezzar found out he was wise? You ever dream? You ever dream at night? Sometimes. Now do you know what he did for Nebuchadnezzar? He interpreted his dream for him, right? That's what he did. So Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And all the wise men of Babylon could not interpret it. 
You know what was really cool, though? Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't even tell him the dream. He wouldn't even, he said, tell me my dream and the interpretation thereof. So in other words, he wanted somebody to tell him what he had dreamed and then tell him what the interpretation was. You know what the interpretation means, you know? You don't know what interpretation means? Okay, if I speak Dutch to you, would you be able to? I don't either. I don't know Dutch either. But if I would know Dutch and I would speak it to you, could you know what I was saying? Okay. Well, when you have a vision or a dream, it was, you know, it was like, it's like kind of speaking in word pictures, I guess you could say. So did Joseph have dreams? Remember Joseph in the Bible? He had dreams and, or, um, or the Pharaoh had dreams and Joseph would interpret them, right? Same thing with Nebuchadnezzar. He had dreams and he couldn't, but he wouldn't even tell him what it was. Like, okay, so if you had a dream last night and you'd say, okay, Carrie, I want you to tell me what I dreamed and what, what it meant. That's what I think too. But, um, but if you asked me to do that, it'd be pretty hard for me to do that, right? So do you know what Daniel said? He stood in front of Nebuchadnezzar and he said, I cannot tell you, but God can. And he pointed the glory to God. And I think so often that's what we forget to do. Our, it's not our ability, but it's God's ability speaking through us. But we have to remember where we give that glory to, right? Okay. Read the story now. Stop talking, Carrie. Okay. I'll read the story. Among those who were taken away captive to Babylon was a lively young man. I didn't remember reading that in the Bible, but okay. Lively young man named Daniel. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, ordered the best-looking and the most intelligent young men to be set aside from among the captives for special training. I wouldn't have been selected. Um, so the most handsome youths, who were also quick to learn, were taught the ways of the Babylonians. They were to be trained for three years in the language and learning of that nation. They were to have the best food, and then they were to enter the king's service. Among those was chosen Daniel. And the three of his friends. Anybody know the friends' names? Shad. Me. Uh. Nobody knows? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? <laughs> All right, now you can remember them again. All right. One day, Daniel and his friends said to the officer, We cannot eat this rich food and drink this red wine. Give us plain food and vegetables to eat and water to drink. I mean, how many parents would love to hear that from their children? Give us plain food, vegetables to eat, and water to drink. That's your favorite food, right, Alex? Uh-huh. Good. You don't like candy and hamburgers and, oh, boy, you like hamburgers. Oh, that's good. Egg is a good food. Oh, man, I love eggs. What? Cheese eggs. Eggs with cheese on them? Ah, I like eggs that way, too. All right. Um, I cannot do that, the officer replied. You will not look well and unhealthy unless you eat our food and drink our wine. Try my way for 10 days, Daniel said, and see how we look then. The officer agreed, and at the end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked fresher and healthier than all the other men. 
The officer brought them before King Nebuchadnezzar, who was very pleased with them. He found that they were ten times wiser and understood more than all the other wise men of his kingdom. One night, King Nebuchadnezzar had dreams which frightened him. He was very disturbed. I have had a fearful dream, he said. It must mean something. Tell me the meaning. O king, live forever, they said. Tell us your dream, and we will tell you what it means. If you are clever as you supposed to be, you will tell me the dream as well as its meaning, the king said. Sir, they replied, no one can do that. Nebuchadnezzar was afraid and very angry. Put all my wise men to death, he cried. Now Daniel and his friends were not there, but when they found out about the king's decree, Daniel wanted to know why he and all the wise men were to be killed. So they told him. Daniel went to the king and told him that he would spare their li- he, if he would spare their lives, he would come back to the king the next day. After he had prayed to the Lord, then, then he went back to his friends and urged them to pray to God that their lives might be spared. That night, the Lord revealed to the mystery in a vision to Daniel. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. And the next morning, he went to Arioch, the man who, went to execute, who was to execute the magicians. Take me to the king, said Daniel. I will explain his, mis- his majesty's dream to him. Are you able to tell me what I saw? And are you able to tell me what it means, demanded King Nebuchadnezzar? Your wise men cannot explain this mysterious dream to you. But there is a God in heaven who can. And he has revealed it to your servant, replied Daniel. That's the key to this whole thing. Is that your wise men cannot explain this this mysterious dream to you. So in other words, humans can't. But there is a God in heaven who can. And he has revealed it to your servant, replied Daniel. O king, you saw in a vision that night. As you watched, you saw a tremendous statue. It was enormous. It stood there in shining brightness and almost took your breath away. As you looked, you saw that its head was of pure gold. Its chest and arms were of silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. It had legs of iron, and its feet were partly of iron and partly of baked clay. As you were watching, you saw a stone was being cut out. This stone struck the great image on its feet and smashed them to pieces. Then the great image was, came crashing to the ground, dissolving into the dust. The wind came and blew it all away. Nothing remained except the stone that struck the image. Then it began to grow and grow, becoming a great mountain that filled the whole earth. This was your dream, O king, and this is the meaning of it. God has given you power and made you into a great kingdom. You are the head of gold. You are that head of gold. After you shall shall rise another kingdom to rule the world, not so glorious as yours. Then a third kingdom will come. The fourth kingdom will not be so strong, and it will be partly iron and partly baked clay. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom, and it will fill the whole world. It will never be destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar was so pleased with Daniel for telling him the meaning of the dream that he made Daniel ruler over the whole province of Babylon. He was also put in charge of all the other wise men. The king gave Daniel many gifts and honors. The great God has shown me what he is going to do, he said, and he has told me about his kingdom which is to come. What do you think Nebuchadnezzar did then? And Nebuchadnezzar praised the God of heaven. So what happens? If you point others to Jesus, if you point others to God and show them that we are nothing in ourselves, but God can use us, then we show others who God is, and then they praise God because it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about him.
All right, so you can go back to your seats. Thank you, Carrie, for that lesson and for uh, leading us in worship this morning. Thank you all for being here with us and welcome to each one, those online and all of our visitors. It's good to have you here to uh, worship with us here this morning. So uh, join in and just uh, be a part of what the Lord does here this morning. I was struck by our, our song selection this morning, and I don't know if it was uh, specifically uh, designed that way or if it was just one of those things that the Lord made happen, but it, it was very, uh, it, were very, it was very good selections for our service this morning. This morning we will have our uh, Breaking of Bread communion service, and, and the first song we sang was of being in awe of God. I stand in awe of you. What, what does that mean to you? Do you stand in awe of, of, of Christ? Yes? You okay? You're just there in, in silence. You can't even, when you're in awe, you can't even really express the deepest parts of, of your uh, thoughts. I, I think that's... Uh, I think that the Apostle John felt that in, in writing the book of Revelation and, and the visions that he saw, and you see all these word pictures, I think he was just in awe of what he was seeing, and this, he was just trying the best way he could to, to describe this feeling of being in awe of, of God and what he was seeing in the vision for the future and of heaven. And you see all these word pictures that he comes up with, and he goes on and on explaining these things. I think he was standing in awe of God and what and what God was showing to him. Um, very good. What else, what else do you think of when you think of standing in awe of God and of Jesus and what He's done for you? Anyone else want to have a crack at it? That was a good one. Wonder. Just in just in wonder of God. Yes, it's it's. Amen. You can't explain it. You can you can see it. You know it's there. And it's up to us to believe it. But it's so many things are unexplainable, and I, I think that's why a lot of people don't want to believe in in God or in the truth is because you can't explain it. And and in our own human minds, without being uh, without having a renewed and regenerated mind, we want to be able to explain everything. We want to be able to understand everything. And when it comes to God, we can't. We have these little puny human minds compared to his. We stand in awe of him. Are we here to do that this morning? I think as we, we think about his sacrifice for us and preparing a plan of salvation for us that should be our response and so often we can it's something we can somewhat take for granted oh okay yeah thank you god we know that it's 
real we know it's true, but who, do we really stand in awe of what he's done for us? And I, I think the, the last song then that we sang was helped me to, to stand in awe of Jesus. Can, uh, Noah, can you pull that last song up again? I want to look at some of those words. Praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise his name forevermore. Look at some of those verses. Uh, flip through to the verses. Is, our, is your mind on Calvary? It starts, it starts out this way that putting our mind on, on Jesus, on the sacrifice that he's made for us, his wounds, his suffering. Keep going there if you would, Noah. You flip it to the next one, okay? It talks about him being in the tomb, okay? It looks like he's all alone. Everything's done. And I believe it, at that point, the devil probably thought he won. Uh, keep going through there, if you would. And then, all of a sudden, there's the victory. Now, if that, if that verse doesn't make you stand in awe of what God has done for you. I'm not sure what else will. And that's what we're here to celebrate this morning. That death, that rising, that victory, and the victory that then will be uh, ours through that, simply there for the claiming, for the believing. That's what we're here to celebrate this morning. And Dave will share more on that. He'll be moderating our, our uh, communion time this morning. Uh, announcements. Uh, I think it's pretty much just the uh, normal ones, if you will. And we have our lunch after the service and our time of fellowship. So please stay and uh, enjoy that time of, of fellowship with us. Is there anything on our schedule for this week, Phil? Bible studies, anything like that? Looks like we have a free week. And uh, just uh, continue to be in prayer for those that are traveling. John and Sarah. And Saretta is uh, gone. And Carrie is he's feeling lonely. And, <laughs> and uh, the boys, I, I don't know. Who's, who's doing the cooking, boys? Brandon, Brad, who's, who's taking care of things at home? My mom's gone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Very good. Well, we'll be in our prayers and, and pray that God continues to uh, do a work of healing in, in Sarah's life and in her body. All right. I think that's uh, pretty much it for the for the announcements. Let's let's pray, and I'll turn the service over to Brother Dave. Thank you, Father, for. This time we have here together this morning, and I pray that as we worship you, as we hear from you, as we look into your word, that we would be in awe of you, in awe of what you have done, the plan of salvation that you have given for us. It is truly an awesome experience, and I pray that we would never lose sight of that awe and that wonder of what you have done and what you have provided for us I pray that you would just open your, your word to us this, this morning, and as we look into your, uh, 
life and remember the, the life and the death, and the resurrection of Jesus and celebrate that through the breaking of bread. I pray that that experience would be one to draw us closer to you this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There are just some things that don't ever change. The previous church we were a part of, one of our lead elders called me up Sunday morning. He's like, hey, Dave, so-and-so, can you fill in for so-and-so? Come to Redeem Community Church? Brother Phil, I tell you what, it tests your faith. You ought to be ready in season and out of season. <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> so... Uh, Yep, I had to think a lot of times, though, the scripture, though, that comes to my mind a lot, though, is um, it's in Luke chapter 12, 12, I think, basically, is where it's saying where the Lord, the Holy Spirit will teach you and give you words to speak in that very hour. So, anyway, with that being said, I'm going to pass that opportunity on to you guys here. So, uh, I told Phil, though, they don't. I expect I had a very, very busy week, a lot of windshield time this week. So, anyway, but, yeah, I have a little bit something to share here, and then I just do want to open it up to you. Uh, Like you're probably all aware, we do have communion. Um, So I just want to touch a little bit on that. So I just want to hear from you guys in as well. Um, If you have a praise report or what the Lord's doing in your life as well. As I thought about communion, um, and you, we think about the bread and uh, the blood and the bread, and um, you know, in the Old Testament, a lot of uh, things were purified or whatever through the blood. And I, it kind of hit me: it's like there is only one blood. We don't have to sacrifice a lamb. We don't have to, uh, or a goat, or a dove, or anything like that. Jesus Christ shed his blood for all of us. So there is only one blood that will purify your sins. It's not of a uh, some works that you do or a dove or whatever, as say, a cow. And then I think about the body of Christ, the bread. There's one body. And it's only through the body of Christ. doesn't matter if you're in Thailand if you're in Brazil, Africa, America, where you're at, there's one body. And um, <clears throat> and I think so many times we think we kind of get hung up in our ways of doing things. But the scripture that always comes to my mind is there's different um, administration, but of one spirit. So it's of one body, it's of one blood, it's of one one Christ. There is not which God do we serve this week type of thing. 
Sorry, you might have a few little pauses here and there. Don't not very well organized this morning, honestly. Um, and so, the the bread of life God gives us. Um, that's the life. God gives us the life. He's the bread of life um, to the world here. Kind of along with these lines, maybe kind of changing here a little bit. I made some to Brother Phil here some time ago. is a scripture that I've thought a lot about. Maybe someday I'll get to share it here yet or try to put my thoughts together. Is in Matthew chapter 7, 7 from 7 to 12. In the scripture where it says, ask, seek, and knock, if you take the first letter of each of those, it spells ask. And it says A-S-K, ask, seek, knock. And um, the previous church we've been a part of, one of the brethren always said, do you think there's going to be a lot of unanswered prayers? Why? Because we never ask. How can you receive if you never ask? So I think so many times we, I'm not sure why, (laughs) we have a hard time asking someone. We have a very hard time asking. I guess it's a a prideful thing maybe at times. Um, But we're, and I guess going through that, the ask, seeking, and knocking, it's a, um, Physical thing, or I guess you do it. it uh, there is movement. You're just not sitting in your chair, type of thing, and is asking and being persistent in asking God in our prayer life, in our devotional life, whatever. And seek. What does it mean when we need to seek? Can we seek when we're sitting in our chair, when we're not actively being involved? Um, What does God say? We need to seek his kingdom. We need to seek his face. We need to seek his presence. And then the knocking, to be, keep knocking, be persistent, be persistent in your prayer life and, um, just being persistent in your Christian walk. Um, kind of was that, I always look at kind of, I use um, an analogies a lot. Sometimes I just feel like I'm in, in this big room, like the room of life. And so sometimes is, we're just kind of walking around in life sometimes. We don't tend to ask sometimes. And if you don't ask, like, Where's this door at? Or where do I find the exit? You know, if you're in a big airport, for example, and you're just totally lost. He's like, oh, no, I ain't going to bother nobody. But Jesus is there for us. He wants us to ask. And so, 
So, so many times you ask someone, where's the exit door at? Oh, it's over there and stuff. What do you do? You go on a seek. So you go seek for that. And then sometimes you do find the door, but it's closed. But he says you need to knock. And so you keep knocking until that door is open. But Jesus wants us to, to ask, number one. Um, and I think Brother Phil shared this with me, with me already. You know, say somebody asked for a prayer request or whatever. He's like, oh, we'll pray for you. But it's never really done then and there. A lot of times it's like, uh, well, I'll, if, I, if you cross my mind this week, we'll pray for you. Or, you know, it's, um, is that asking? Sometimes it's, um, I guess it's. In Revelation 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and he will sup with him, and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I am, even as I also overcame and then sat down with my father in his throne. I guess kind of going back to the uh, communion as far as the blood and the body in Luke um, 22. Um, and he says, and he took bread and gave thanks and he broke it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in re remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. Um, it was just kind of made this um, kind of thinking of some thoughts, just kind of fresh again. Me uh, is like thinking of there is only one blood. There is only that sacrifice has already been paid for you and for me. Um, and then the body, and as we partake of the bread, and just knowing um, He is our source of life. Um, and like I said, it doesn't matter where we're at. You can be anywhere in the world, and Jesus is always there. John six five one. I am the John six fifty one. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, 
he shall live forever and the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world um, another good one is Isaiah 53 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we were healed Everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Matthew 7, verse 8, God delights in the prayer of faith, and he promised to give us what we need. Isn't that so true? Um, here's one that kind of seen this morning on a friend of mine on um Facebook posted something um, because he was referring to, he said there was an old, old, the lady was very old and nearing the end of her life. Um, she had been a very good religious, she didn't, he has the denomination here, which I'd rather not say, but a religious of all of her life, but she often wondered, have I done enough? And I think we all face that at times, if we have to be honest, you know, feeling like, have I done enough for Christ to please God and, and to get into heaven? One day, her daughter called to check on her. In the course of the conversation, the old lady said, I'm not a feeling good. This time, this time might be my time. I wonder if I have done enough. Her daughter told her, Alistair her begs. I'm not sure who that is, about the uh, story of the thief on the cross. She got to the part where the supervisor angel asked, on what basis are you here? The thief said, the man on the middle cross said, I can come. Um, and then the daughter asked, Mom, did the man on the middle cross say you can come? He said, yes, he did. Then, he, uh, then you can come. Oh my, that the end she found rest. And so, you know, so many times is where do we seek? Where do we knock? Where do we try to uh, get our uh, source, our bread from? Um, and then for yesterday, uh, no, sorry, the day before, I met with a friend of mine in uh, Colorado Springs. I had to make a trip down to Spring. And he was kind of sharing that thing too, kind of our, some of our background and stuff is where um, having to deal with man telling you, you got to do X, Y, Z in order to create the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> and to me, it's like, no, it's like, if you have accepted Christ, the fruits will be your witness. And it's like, it's so, um, it's not something that has to be produced or you're made up, you know, kind of thing. And that's one for me, it's, uh, I knew exactly where he was coming from, uh, kind of the, the similar backgrounds and all. But is we can trust in God. And like, in scripture say, 
bad fruit or bad tree doesn't produce good fruit, and a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. And by their fruits ye shall know them. Um, I'm so thankful for uh, for the blood of Christ for what He's done for me. And um, so, yeah, I like to just hear from from you guys. I think we'll just open it up for a little bit before we partake of communion. Um, something you have to share. What's Christ doing in your life? You don't have to be something from 20 years ago, or it can be. You don't have to be something from last week, but same way. Just what have you found uh, Christ to be in your life? That's what I, one thing I like about communion, too, is not like everybody, I'm sure, you know, it's not a large crowd, but I'm sure even here, we're not on the same level in the spirituality, but yet we can be able to humble ourselves, be able to encourage one another and one another in the body of Christ. Amen. Yeah. Anybody else? interesting you brought that up pulling over beside the river it's just one thing that i've come to do uh with my line of work and everything and i don't get to the mountains but that often but i've tried to make it a point where i do the same thing and it just it is very refreshing it's just like i'm 100 miles away or whatever 50 miles away what's 10 minutes whatever just to go pull off just go down the river just enjoy God's scenery and the beauty and everything so uh, anyone else if not um, yeah maybe there's a few of here uh, kind of our policy is here if you have experienced Christ in your heart we welcome you to participate here with us in communion um, over there where the double doors at, and then um, we'll uh, just file through and get the the bread and the juice there, and then we'll sit down and we'll partake together. Um, so yeah, I guess with that being said, um, Carrie, I'm, I'm just very blessed with the uh, song service as well, what Anthony was sharing as well too. Um, if you could lead that song, there's power, power in the blood, uh, the one you sing. And it, as we uh, as we follow, maybe we can sing that as we follow through. So uh, maybe why don't we just start in the back, maybe just for orderly, uh, maybe start in the back and then um, just work yourself to the front here and just get your juice there. All right, Carrie, you want to start that song?
leading us in that this morning and pointing us to the Word of God and a reminder of what He has done for us. It's, it's a life we live. It's not just the experience of today, and we are called to celebrate it and to have this experience that is taught, but it shouldn't be limited to the actual experience. This experience should be a reflection of what our life is living in Christ. So let's have that as our goal this week as we go from here. That will conclude uh, this part of the service. And we'll be dismissed and the lunch will be ready shortly. And uh, please do stay and partake in that. And in our time of fellowship together, that's an important part of doing church together is having our fellowship and uh, encouraging one another. So please uh, do stay for that if you can. Let's all stand and we'll have a closing prayer. Christopher, would you lead us in a closing prayer and a blessing on the meal, please? Oh, Lord, we just bow our hearts to give to you to give you thanks for all you've done. Um, and all give you thanks for your unspeakable gift to us. And Lord, I pray you open our eyes con- continually more and more that we can understand and perceive the dimensions of your love for us, how high and how great and how deep and wide they are. The more than, even though they're past our um, comprehending and understanding, you tell us to seek to understand. And so um, we ask your blessing on the rest of our time, and we just want to bless you with our conversation and our hearts towards you. Blessed be your name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.